Start with small manageable changes and small manageable boundaries as well. today's podcast episode. It's a solo one and I'm chatting with you about the topic of no longer being needless in your own life. It's a very common and unfortunate, like unfortunately common experience for so many women, particularly mothers, but not only mothers, certainly, but for so many women to have a moment of realization and go, oh my gosh, I have become needless in my own life because I have been scaffolding every single other person close to me. I'm sure so many of you can relate to that experience. And that's not about being part of a quote unquote bad family unit, or it's not about saying, oh, I'm completely disrespected, although some of you will probably feel that way. Often it's a massive combination of so many reasons as to why you have become needless. A lot of it has to do with self-sacrificing so that you can make sure everyone else around you is okay. And because of this, because of our propensity towards looking after people in our life so well and managing so many things, it's like our own inner dialogue just gets turned down ever so slightly over time. And then you can have this moment where you go, oh my gosh, I've forgotten what it is that I desire, what I want, what my own goals are, because I don't have the time and energy. And that's a very reasonable thing to feel given the circumstances. That doesn't mean that you don't love yourself or that you don't value yourself. It's just that we only have a 24 hour period and there are so many things we have to do that sometimes you do have to take certain things off the list because you just can't get to them and you have to do the other stuff that is really important. But sometimes we will have these moments where we realize I've become needless. And I've used this expression before where I have had moments where I have just felt like the water amongst the cracks of my family, you know, and there are so many different components that contribute towards that that feeling of being the collapsible one. You know, if something goes wrong, it's always on me to have to collapse whatever I had organized for the day or my work or move and shuffle. And there is a certain level of, I guess, anxiety and sometimes resentment that can come with that experience. And yes, on one hand, I can be incredibly grateful that I work for myself and I can be collapsible. But at the same time, when that happens, sometimes I find myself thinking, like, I wish I wish that I didn't have to be the one to always fold and to always make myself small and working around everyone else. And I just truly believe that so many other mothers especially have that feeling. It's like, oh, if there's a hole somewhere, then we are just the water in the cracks and we'll just seep into it and we'll fix it and we'll make it all okay. And because we're continually leaking, and I know I use so many analogies and I've spoken about that bucket just always being drained and never having enough time or resources to plug the bucket properly. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. 
Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. That's kind of parenting. And don't get me wrong, parenting is also wonderful. It's also incredibly fulfilling. And at the same time, it is incredibly exhausting and relentless. And so... When you are feeling that way, when you feel as though you don't have the same resources allocated to you that other people in your family do, and you just feel exhausted and burnt out by it, you might go to yourself, okay, you know what? Enough's enough. I want to have needs. I want to matter. I want to have a say in what we're doing and how we're doing it. And I recognize some people won't relate. Some people will be like, no, no. I know exactly what I need. I call all of the shots. I organize everything. I make sure I get, you know, get it all sorted. And that's great. But for those of you who are listening and going, yeah, at times I will sort of rally myself and say, okay, I matter equally. You know, the kids have gotten a bit older and you can tell this is my experience, right? The kids have gotten a bit older. They need you in other ways, but you do see like a you see like a version of life where you're getting a bit more independence. They're getting a bit more independence. You have a bit more autonomy on certain things and you go, Oh, I'm starting to feel like a different version of myself now. But then you might realize, I don't know what this version of myself wants, needs and desires and even really likes because over time, when you are not speaking up when you're not saying what you want over like a period of years for a lot of us, whether that's because the space isn't available to speak up or whether it's because you're just so exhausted, it can be really confronting when you go, oh, okay, I've got the space to speak up. I've got the desire to speak up, but I don't know what to say because I don't know what I want or need anymore. So for those of you who know how that feels, I get you. That's exactly how I have felt at different times over the past year where I've gone, oh my gosh, I want to matter. I want to know what it is that I want to need, but then you just feel so exhausted that you don't know how to access it, right? So that's what this episode is all about. I want to share with you five key areas that have been on my mind when it comes to this whole topic of being needless in your own life. Five areas that we can look at, we can consider and make some changes and start to feel more like yourself in your life, right? More like you're in the driver's seat of your own life. So these are not in any particular order, but I think that they are all really important. And perhaps I will start with number one being that I think if you're in a family unit, It is important to actually talk with your family and certainly your partner about your own personal experience of feeling needless. Can you put words around this experience in a way that allows them to see what it's like for you, allows them to feel what it's like for you, and to also really rally and champion for you? 
I don't think that it is up to our families to fulfill what we personally need and want. And I certainly think that sometimes in relationship and in our family dynamic, people find themselves wanting, like willing their significant other to do something else, but don't actually verbalize what that is. What I mean by that is, you know, you might just be sending all of these like psychic messages to your partner about, please, you know, I really want him to make me take Sunday off from housework, or I really want him to walk in the door with whatever it is, but you don't articulate it. You just carry it around inside you and then your partner doesn't know. And I relate that experience to this one because you can't expect your family to rally for you or to know why it is that you want to make these changes if you don't communicate with them. Now, if you have super young children, you're not going to sit your toddler down and say, oh, I've decided I really want to discover my own wants and needs and desires, Molly and Tommy. So now this is how it's going to happen. But I'm talking age appropriate conversations. And you're also going to take in mind, I guess, your own children's sensitivity as well. If you have a child that's likely to take responsibility and feel guilty because, you know, they might internalize it and feel like they haven't done something or done enough, that's something else to consider. But I think you will take that on board because it's what you do. (laughs) You consider everyone else, you'll take it on board. But I think having a chat with your people about how you're feeling and why it's really important to you. And don't be afraid to highlight the ways in which you scaffold your family. Don't be afraid to say, look, if we look at a week, on Mondays, I'm taking you to soccer. On Tuesdays, I'm taking you to tap dancing class. Then on a Saturday morning, I spend all day cleaning. Let them know how full your dance card is and actually put names around that invisible load as well. I've spoken before several times in podcast episodes about the book by Eve Rodsky called Fair Play. It's a very simple book. It's one that I hand around. Actually, it's only just not long come back uh, home to me because one of the mums from school borrowed it. And it's all about that exact thing, articulating the mental load that you are carrying around every day. Talk to your family. Tell them it's important to you. You want to matter. You're feeling like you don't know what it is that you like anymore because sometimes you're making a million decisions in a day for everyone else that by the end of the day, when it comes to deciding for something that you want to enjoy, you are exhausted and you have decision fatigue, so you can't even make that choice for yourself. And I think if you have that open conversation with your partner and your kids, if they're old enough, it's going to allow you to have a level of support that you really do need. And so they can rally. And whilst they can't do it for you, they're not going to write you a permission slip. They can at least cheer you on. I spoke recently in a podcast episode, the one with Brendan actually, about him and I, about how him and I have recently started having weekly dance classes because it's something I've always wanted to do and I won't get into it here. Why? But one of the boys said to me, I hope this means you're coming out of camel mode because I've had that conversation with him about the concept of camel mode and about how much mums give. And yes, it's an honor, but it's an exhausting honor sometimes. And so just that little like 
I don't know, acknowledgement from him of like, oh, I hope this means you're doing something for you means a lot to me. So that's why I think you have to have the chat with your loved ones and also talk about it with your girlfriends. Talk about it with your mom, your sisters, whoever is close to you as well, because we can have this desire and then we can get so exhausted and we're like, Ugh, I can't even be bothered. Like I can't actually be bothered to work out what my wants are. So if you do have people around you that are championing you in this discovery, they might just keep you honest. They might keep you on track. Next up, number two, resources. So resources is a very broad umbrella term that I'm using here. But when I think about the times in my life over the last year where I have felt like I'm that water amongst the cracks, it's because I'm not equally dividing the resources available to the family unit. And I mean resources in time, energy, focus, concentration, attention, uh, money. Like I've not been thinking, oh, it's okay for me to actually set aside a little bit of money for something I want to do because that that resource is used up by other members of the family with other things like sporting and all of that sort of stuff. And I'll be honest with you, I'm probably not going to actually look at the money in the budget that I set aside for extracurricular things and be able to take an equal amount equal to what we spend on the kids and all of those commitments. But when I look at it and go, oh, hang on, there's quite a disparity there. Like it's quite significant that everyone else gets to have hobbies, but I'm not prioritizing them. And not only is it because you know, I just haven't, I haven't taken the time to do so. I haven't used the other resource, which is attention, but it's because I don't know what I want to do really. And so, I mean, it all, it all feeds in, doesn't it? Because you're not going to be able to set aside financial resources for something you want to do if you don't know what it is that you want to do. So resources like your time, your attention, as I've mentioned, your money, Also things like maybe you have family close by and you utilize that village network for things for the kids or things for your partner, but you just don't do it for yourself. Is that another resource that you can look at actually dipping into and allocating to yourself and treating yourself like a very valued member of the family because you are. In fact, you're probably the captain of the family, I would say. So have a little think about resources and what is available to you. I don't think that you need to set aside a significant amount of money. I think honestly, the biggest thing that we need to set aside for ourselves is the time and the attention. We need white space to actually know what it is that we want to do and that energy to sit down and do it. You know, the time and space to actually sit down and get curious about what are the things that, you know, spark your interest and pique your curiosity and what is a thread that you can identify that you're going to pull on and unravel and see what unfurls for you. Next up leads me actually nicely into my point number three, that is you might not know what it is that you want to do, but you can certainly treat yourself and your interests a bit like a little experiment. You can start pulling on threads of things that you are a little bit fascinated by or perhaps were fascinated by during another stage in your life and see what comes up for you. 
For me, when I think about, oh, what were the things I loved to do as a kid? One of those things is dance. You know, I was telling Brendan recently, mainly because we were discussing costs of sporting commitments and one of the boys goes to jujitsu and he likes it, but I don't think he's very passionate about it. And it's like $50 a week. It's so much money, you know, and maybe I'm expecting too much, but I would love to see that he's so excited about that very expensive sport. Um, And I was, you know, framing it to to Brendan through the lens of saying, you know, when I did dance classes as a kid, I would get home from dance and I would go into my bedroom and I would go over the steps and I would play the music and I would record the weekly top 40 with Rick D's and try and get the right bit of music so that I could practice it at home and I would pretend to be the dance teacher and I would force everyone in the family to sit down and watch my moves and, you know, I can remember and I cringe now, but I can remember, you know, at primary school, wanting to get up and perform dances that I had learned outside of school that I'd then gone on to teach friends at school. And I wanted to get up at assembly and perform them, right? I'm talking grade three, grade, grade four, but I was just so enamored by it. It was a true passion for me. And so back to my son, I'm like, oh, I just don't know if he actually loves it that much. And is it that worth it? But that's a conversation for another day. The purpose of even going down that little wormhole was to say, when I reflect on things I've loved through my life, dance was one of them. Uh, Do I want to go and do a burlesque style of dance class? No, I don't really want to do that. I've tried online dance classes before, gave it a good crack, didn't enjoy it. Um, You know, do I want to go and do a fitness dance class? Like what is actually available to me? And when I started to get curious about it, I thought, you know what? I've always been enamored by strictly ballroom and all of those sorts of things. I want to learn how to actually dance with a partner properly. So sitting down and actually thinking about what are the things I used to enjoy. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I also used to really love as a kid, I can remember being on road trips and I would sit down while we were driving, I'd have my pen and paper and I would draw outfits and I would make up little stories about the characters in the outfits. And I still love outfits and it's no surprise, most, you know, a lot of people have an interest in fashion. I'm certainly no fashionista, but I do take pleasure in planning certain outfits or looking at outfits and getting inspiration. And that probably comes as a surprise because I'm the most basic person but I still enjoy it, you know? So just thinking about what do you actually enjoy and is there an element of it that you can start to explore? A lot of people have said to me when I'm having these conversations in real life, a lot of my girlfriends have said, you know, I want to do something, but I'm just not creative. And I've had those thoughts as well. And people have pointed out to me, Uh, well, you are like your creative medium is audio or your creative medium might be cooking, whatever it is. There are so many different ways we can be creative and all of us do have a creative streak. It might just not be exactly what you think of when it comes to creative. 
maybe you hear that word and you think, oh, that means that they are wonderful at painting. They sit out under the moonlight and they can paint this beautiful landscape or they've got all of these beautiful handmade vases or they can put together a room perfectly. That's one version of creative. There are so many other versions and we are all creators. We're creating our life every single day. And I know that sounds so cheesy. It's such a cliche, but we are. So what is your version of creative? And if you don't know, rather than letting that defeat you and overwhelm you, can you flick like the switch? And rather than feeling overwhelmed, can you in turn feel excited? Can you feel excited about the potential of what you're going to discover? I think when it comes to uncovering things, one of the most important things is to actually just have no expectation. Don't go into trying to work out what your needs and desires are with a massive pressure on your shoulders to find this wonderful uh, hidden talent that you never knew that you had or something that's going to change your whole life. Just go in with very realistic expectations and it's the journey. It's the experiment. It's not the actual destination of what you're trying to achieve here. All right, number four, I want to talk about the physical component of how you actually feel in your body right now when it comes to being needless in your own life. And I ummed and ahed about including this one, but I think it's really valid Because if you are feeling needless in your own life, you're probably feeling needless when it comes to your nutrition. You're probably feeling needless when it comes to your physicality. You might just be feeling really, really blah. You've just not actually set aside the time or the, not awareness, but you're not prior, you might not be prioritizing what you consume in a day. It's such a common experience to make sure that your kids have a nutritious meal. They've got their lunch, they've got their snacks, they've got their water bottles filled, but then you just survive throughout the day on leftovers. I spoke about this when the boys were little. I had a moment of going, oh my gosh, I'm spending my whole day surviving on their leftovers and that's not okay. And so starting to make sure I have a lunch prepared has been such a game changer. Each week, Brendan has been doing his meal prep And he now meal preps for me so that I've got that lunchtime meal ready to go in the fridge because I don't want to take a huge chunk out of my day. And I'm very fortunate that I work from home, but I don't want to actually stop my day because the school day is so short to even think about what I want to eat. But when it is already pre-made, portioned for me in the fridge, all I have to do is put it in the microwave. And sometimes I don't even do that. I just eat it cold it actually adds such a difference to my day. And vitality is one of the top measures for me when it comes to health. I really had to change my association with health and what it means for me because years ago, health, I think for me personally, I was much more absorbed by like the clean eating culture and all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, even recently someone sent me a message and said, why are you now having whey protein? And I replied and I said, I don't know. Like, I just feel like right now life's too short to have a protein powder that isn't super creamy and delicious because right now health for me, and I know some people will disagree, but right now health for me is vitality. What is tasty? What gives me enough energy? What makes me feel good and full? So the physical side of things, have you been ignoring 
certain parts of your life? Do you feel like you're holding your breath all the time, like you can't get a deep exhale or a deep inhale? Do you need to slow down? Do you feel like what you actually need is some stretching time or a yoga? Or do you feel like you've got so much energy buzzing around in your system that what you actually need is a high intensity class? Maybe you've got a bit of anger circulating through your system. So maybe you want to sign up for a boxing class. What is the actual physical element that you might need as well as when it comes to your hobbies and your interests and your desires? Because we only have one place to live. We do have to feel good in our bodies. And I don't say that in the way of like good meaning that it has to look a certain way, but I think that we need to feel comfortable and feel that vitality within. So the physical side of things, what do you need there? Don't be needless in that area of your life as well. And last, but certainly not least, and maybe the biggest one, boundaries. Boundaries can be very difficult to establish within your own actual family unit. It's much easier when there is a bit of space, but establishing or first of all, identifying some areas that you could introduce certain boundaries and then establishing them will actually really help you to maintain the structure that you might need you know, when it comes to your routine or the white space that you're creating for yourself or that commitment. So what are the boundaries that you might need to introduce once you've identified how you're going to actually engage in this experiment of working out what you need? Does it mean that a boundary for you is you have now committed that every Thursday between 7.30 and 8.30 p.m., that's when you're actually going to sit down and dedicate time to yourself or whenever it is, or maybe it's a Saturday morning. So the boundary could be that during that time, if you are in a partnered relationship and you have children and the kids need something, the boundary is that they go to the other parent, they go to the other person, or maybe you're in a co-parenting situation and the boundary is that you're not actually available for a phone call during that time. You're not going to collapse and fold on that commitment that you have made to yourself, because if you keep your word to yourself, you're actually going to build self-efficacy. And I know I bang on about self-efficacy a lot, particularly in the blueprint and potentially in surviving separation, but self-efficacy is the belief that you have in your ability to actually do what you say you're going to do. And we can nurture that by keeping our word to ourselves. And in that same kind of vein, I guess, we don't want to overcommit. I do not recommend going, okay, I now am just, I've I've had this awakening and I don't want to be needless anymore. I now have a list of a hundred things I need and everything's going to change. Because much like if you make that decision, oh, on a Monday, I now all of a sudden go to the gym seven days a week and I eat completely in whatever way it might be. And I drink seven liters of water and all of those things. You might be setting yourself up to fail. Swinging too big. Start with small, manageable changes and small, manageable boundaries as well. Don't introduce a boundary that you already deep down know you're not going to actually be able to withhold. Maybe the boundary is with yourself, such as, you know, in the morning when you wake up, you're not going to grab your phone first thing. You're going to spend some time honoring one of those physical needs that you identified 
because you've given yourself the time and energy to actually think, oh, what is it that my physical body needs? So boundaries are such a big one. Again, I've got episodes. If you just search in the search bar for the podcast, boundaries and Kylie lately, the boundary episodes will pop up for you if you feel like you just need a little bit more support surrounding those. Something else I wanted to touch on when it comes to resources that I forgot, I'm just looking down at my notes now, you might be able to identify other resources like maybe coaches or therapists or books, uh, people online that you want to follow for inspiration or aspiration, but you don't need to, I think, overinvest here, right? I think the key when it comes to actually getting in touch with what it is that you need is within yourself. Unless you have some serious work that you need to do and you might need some support when it comes to therapy and triggers and those sorts of things, absolutely seek help. But to make a positive change in establishing needs or getting in touch with your own wants and desires and goals, a lot of the time it's actually about just creating the space to see how you feel and see what you actually think. Can you identify a time during your day or during your week when you actually have the most clarity? For me, it's when I'm working out. When I work out, I get my like drop-in ideas just come to the surface so much easier. Often, I'm looking at my workout board right now, actually, because it's in my office, but I will have my workout written kind of towards the left of a whiteboard. And then on the right-hand side, like right now, I can see one, two, three, four, five, over 12 dot points of ideas that I've had or things I need to follow up because they actually drop in when I'm working out. It might be for you going for a walk. It might be swimming. I mean, they're all exercise. Maybe it has nothing at all to do with movement. Maybe for you it is when you're uh, simply doing nothing. That's when you have your best ideas or when you're cooking or when you're in a flow state. But can you have a little think about when do you actually think you're most clearly And can you engage in that flow state activity to see what drops in for you? Anyway, I hope that this episode has been helpful for you in considering, I guess, one, have you become needless in your own life? And two, what can you actually do to make yourself feel valuable and loved and respected and like your needs and wants and desires are as valid as every other family member's? All right. If you enjoy this style of episode, please don't hesitate to let me know and I will make space to have more of these solo chats for you. I hope that you have a really great day and I really, really, really hope that you do pull on the thread of what it is that you need and see what unfurls for you. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 